Well, hey, we are in our series called Fresh Start. Would you say Fresh Starts? We're in our series. We're going to conclude it today uh, and part four of it. If you've missed anything or any, any week, I want you to know that you can go to our podcast or go online and you could listen to that or watch it on our YouTube channel. Uh, but part one was how we talked about how God uses his word, his people, and his voice to help us in our life. How he's created these change agents with his word, his people, and how he, how he introduces those to us and how our lives are changed forever. In week two, we talked about six spiritual habits to move us forward in our relationship with God. How many like to move forward? God, I don't like to be going backwards. I like to be moving forward, right? And last week, we talked about thriving in God's house and the benefits of making his house a priority. And so you're here, so you're making his house a priority today. So give yourselves, come on, give yourself a round of applause this morning. Good job, you made it. You're here. Let's celebrate. And so today, uh, I want to talk to you about being in it to win it. Would you say that with me? In it to win it. That's right. I don't know about you, but I love playing games. Anybody love playing games? Just a few of us? I, I, I love playing games. Like, I'm a gamer. Like you, it doesn't matter what game it is, I'm there, I'm in it to win it. So we've got this game at our house that we play uh, on the Nintendo Switch. It's called Mario Party. Anybody ever play some Mario Party? You know what I'm talking about. You might play old school, but it's kind of like new school. But, like, I love Mario Party. So we're like, hey, it's a family game. Let's play Mario Party, right? Well, the, the problem is, is that we don't give, see, we don't give trophies out for second place in our house, Okay. So you either win it or you don't. Like, and if you don't win, you're a loser. Okay, and that's how, how it works. All right. And so, uh, so most of the time, I win. All right. Most of the time, not all the time, but the majority of the time. And so much so, my daughter hates playing the game because she's like, doesn't even matter. Dad's gonna win anyways. I'm just like, well, you just, I just gotta. I want them to earn the win, right? I don't want just to give it to you now. You got to work for it a little bit, right? Uh, but I'm just I'm in it to win it all the time. I I coached my daughter's volleyball uh, team this last fall, and dude, I'm I'm in it to win it. Like bloodthirsty, want to win. Like it doesn't matter. You know, a bunch of you know fifth and sixth graders. I'm like, let's go. You know, move your feet. You know, so I was. Kristen said, "You're definitely the most intense coach there is on the volleyball court." I'm like, "Hey, you know, I'm just ready. I'm, I want to win, right, at all cost." And Corbin's playing baseball, and I'm helping coach his team. And I, I just, I want to win. I want to do whatever it takes to win. I'm in it to win it. And in this life, this following Jesus, this Christian life that maybe you are living, that we are living, it's a journey, isn't it? It's a journey, and you have to be, say it with me, in it to win it. That's right. In the process of becoming more and more like God. It, it, I don't know about you, but it's not always easy. It's not always easy to become more and more like God. There's bumps and bruises along the way, aren't there? There's ups and there's downs. There's mountaintops, and there are valley-like experiences. And we have to be committed to the end goal. So you and me, we got to make this commitment that, that we're not going to give up no matter what. Like we're not tapping out. We're, we're not crying for mercy. No, like we're, we're in it to win it. we got to decide now what pressing forward into God looks like for you and for me so that 
we can determine how to finish strong. We've got to figure out what it is to move forward and determine that we're going to finish strong. I love what Galatians 6, 9 says. It says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. I, if you were here this morning for pre-service prayer, I, I love pre-service prayer and we have that at 945, but, but Enrique led pre-service prayer today just, it, it, just right in line with today's message. Don't become weary in well-doing, another version says. In due season, you'll reap a harvest if you don't quit. In it to win it. There'll be times where you're tempted to quit. There'll be times where you're tempted to stop. But we've got to keep moving forward. And when we do, the Bible teaches that God has things that that will reward that he will reward us for our diligence in moving forward. In Hebrews 10:36 it says, "You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised." There's no better thing on this earth than to receive when our when our job here on earth is done, that we'll be able to receive and hear from God, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." You may now enter into rest and get to spend eternity with Jesus. And over and over, the Bible encourages us to fight life all the way to the end. We always say, if you're breathing, God's got a purpose and a plan for your life. And Matthew 24, 13 says, he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And Hebrews 6, 11 says, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. When it comes to not giving up, it really comes down to a mindset. It comes down to an attitude more than anything else. When we commit to renewing our minds and, and our attitudes, it, it really is our attitude that can keep us from growing spiritually. It's the attitude that can keep us back. It's our attitude that can keep us driving backwards instead of moving forward. In fact, your spiritual maturity depends on spiritual freedom. The more you keep renewing your mind, the freer you will become. How many like to be free, right? Okay, let me say it like this. How many like to be debt-free? Come on, somebody. Like, we like to be debt-free, and when we're debt-free, we're able to spend our money a little bit more however we would like to, right? How many want to spend your money wherever you want to, not to Visa, Discover, and wherever else you may have it, right? Now, the more you, you the, your spiritual maturity, it depends on this freedom, and the more we renew our minds, the freer we'll become, and the freer we are, the more we grow spiritually, Ephesians 4.23 says, be made new in the attitudes of your mind. You know the Bible said that? Be made new in the way you think. And this passage of scripture is talking about the old becoming new. And it says, renew that mind, but not just, not, not just the old becoming new, but as you're becoming new, there's a, a, a renewing of your mind that is taking place. Be new in the attitude of your minds. So I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes about some attitudes that we need to confront if we're going to walk in freedom, if we're going to be able to walk and continue to grow spiritually and grow closer to the Lord and be all that God wants us to be and do. And so we're going to walk some of these attitudes and mindsets out this morning. Is that okay? 
All right, thank you, Jason. Okay, so uh, here we go. All right, num number one right here, attitude or mindset is fear. Everybody say fear. Something that will hold us back, something that will keep us from all that God wants us to be. Fear might be the most significant attitude that you face or confront in your life. Maybe all of our lives. In fact, if, if it's not fear, it may be one of these next ones that's coming. So just hold on, your turn is coming, okay? And so uh, one of the greatest fears or one of the greatest tools or tactics that Satan uses is fear. He, he wants you to be fearful. It's so prevalent in our culture today. Am I going to keep my job or am I going to get fired? Do, do, do I get this or do I not get this? Am I going to stay married or I'm not going to stay married? Like, like where am I at? What am I going to do? And we get bombarded with all of this fear. I heard someone one time say, fear is not the opposite of faith, but it's the absence of faith. You see, it's possible to have faith, but fear to coexist at the same time. You can still be a man or a woman of God or a man or a woman of faith, but still have fear that exists on the inside. You see, faith is the most important thing we have at our disposal. Faith. Your faith in God. Like, like if anything should not waver, don't let your faith waver. Your, your, your job may waver. The weather may waver. Come on, it's going to be 25 degrees at, one, at 7 a.m. It's going to be 65 at 2. It's going to be all right. The weather's going to waver. Uh, but, but don't let your faith be the thing that wavers. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Did you realize it's impossible to please God without faith? Faith not only enables us to believe that God exists, but it enables us to trust God on a daily basis. You know what faith does for me? It allows me to say, God, it's not about me. It's all about you. My life is not about me. It's about you and, and, and the purposes and the plans that you have for my life. It's not about me. And God, so I'm going to walk this thing out in and by faith. And often we, we have to press against fear and to take steps towards God. And as he's leading us, because what fear does is it holds us back. Fear says, don't do it. Fear says, well, what if you, what if you lose money on that investment? Fear says, well, if you, if, you, if, you, if you do that, then what about this? And we're always weighing out the options, and, and we tend to, we'll stick with fear and let it hold us back instead of moving forward in and by faith. You see, our fears reveal where we trust God the least. Take, a, take an inventory real quick of your life and, and think about the, the places that you fear the most. And I would venture to say it happens to be the place that you trust God the least. We don't have to live in fear. You and I can trust God for anything. I want you to know this morning. The second thing that holds us back is spiritual arrogance. I thought about I thought about actually not using this. I was like, oh, we don't need to talk about this. But then I began to think of some things in my life, and began to think about things going on in society. And I was like, oh no, this is actually this is actually really this is actually really good for the church to hear that that spiritual arrogance will will hold us back. It's something that we don't talk a lot about in church, but it's something that is is if there's a a um, uh, 
a pandemic in the church, this would be one of them, spiritual arrogance. And just as pride is one of the most sinister attitudes that we have to guard against, humility is one of the most powerful spiritual attitudes we can build in our lives. Like, I, I think I said I didn't need to do this one because it's something that I've always had to deal with. In fact, my, my father-in-law very recently so eloquently said, you know, you really borderline on the, on the line of cocky and prideful. <laughs> and he meant that in the most loving, passionate way possible. And I said, amen, you're right. And, uh, and it's true. It's something I've always, I've, it's, it's an area that I've always had to deal with. So I think that's why I so quickly said, oh, we don't need to talk about this. But this is something that is not just, not something that has been a struggle for me. See, fear's not really been too much of a struggle for me, but if I had a struggle, this would, might, would be one of them. One of the things that I have to daily die to myself, say, God, humble me today. Let me walk in humility. Don't let me walk in spiritual arrogance or pridefulness. Because I've seen, I've seen so many guys, pastors, that fall to this, spiritual arrogance. And 1 Peter 5, 5 says, all of you, Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. It says clothe yourself with humility. Maybe when you get out of bed in the morning, you just need to, you just need to put on that humility suit. Woo! Get out of the birthday suit and put the humility suit on. Well, that was funny. Y'all can laugh. It's okay. But just like you, you, you put on your clothes and just, just like you get ready to go to work. And sometimes we need to say, God, I'm shedding myself of, of all of, of the, any pride or anything that may keep me back from you today. And God, I just put on a, 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 a I clothe myself with humility. And, we're, and when we put on humility, God gives us his grace. You see, it's so easy for pride to creep in. It's so easy to let it just kind of seep in. You get that promotion at work that you've been you've been praying about, and you get it. You start making a little bit more money, and, you, and then the price starts to, you know, you start you start getting some status. People start to know who you are a little bit. You start you start running you you start having employees and, and, and people that 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 you're telling what to do and making sure that the job gets done and 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 pride just it's easy for pride just to kind of etch in a little bit. We all know what the Bible says about pride. Pride comes before the, yeah, we know that. But it's, and it's so easy for it to, to creep in. But we must continually decrease so Christ continually increases in our lives. Amen? Amen. The third thing is this, is that, that you may deal with or we may deal with is, is blame. Remember I say blame. This is something that can, that can keep us back as well. I, I love it when I ask my kids from time to time, who started the fight? Who started the argument? What do they do? <laughs> right? They did it. She said it first. He did it. He hit me. Hey, he probably didn't hit you. But you probably also mouthed off like, like you know, it might have been 30 minutes ago, but he just wanted, he just was ready to get you, you know. So, so it's like, it's like, it's right there, right? Like he did it, she did it, right? We have this blame game 
That happens. And blame is so closely connected to our human nature, isn't it? Isn't it just human nature to be able to blame somebody else? Isn't it so much easier to blame people, especially if they're not in the room? You're like, oh, it's their fault. Like, yeah, it's so their fault. Oh, man, if they just would have done this right, it would have uh, been so much better. It's easy to blame, blame people. In fact, I mean, we, we get it from the very beginning of the Bible. Like, you go to Genesis, right? It's that at the moment sin enters into the world, Adam blames Eve, Eve blames the devil. Like, we're all blaming everybody. Genesis 3, 11 says, says, the man said, the woman you put here with me, your fault, God. <laughs> she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the devil made me do it, right? Like, like we, we just all, from the beginning of time, the blame game has already started. Don't fall into the trap of the blame game, but take responsibility and get back up. We're not talking about politics, but I hate politics. Because all they do is blame the other. If they did this and if they did that, it's like, would you just take some responsibility, own up to it, and let's move forward. Let's not go backwards. Let's move forward. Don't fall in the trap. Blaming other people. It's not someone else's fault. It, nothing that drives me more crazy is talking to grown adults that continue to blame people 10 and 15 and 20 years ago for something they did. No, take responsibility for it and move forward. It's not, it's not. Maybe it was their fault, but you're still blaming them. So quit crying. Move forward. You stopped wearing diapers a long time ago. Let's go, right? For though the righteous, the Bible says, fall seven times, they rise again. Come on, you, you may have allowed this blame game to kind of keep you down, but don't. You may fall, but rise back up. Again, everybody say, get up, get up. That's right, this, this next one, this next one is, hold us back some, can be negativity. Man, this one, this one kills me. Because it's around us every second of every day. If you have any learned behavior, this might be it right here. It's in the news, it's in social media, it is everywhere that you look, everywhere you're at. Everything is always scrutinized, it's criticized, and it's just negative everywhere. The, my favorite place to go to see and find negativity is our neighborhood Facebook page. It's the best. Like if you need a show, just go to your local neighborhood Facebook page, and it's the best. In the bank, like it, it's so good. Somebody will post something like. I was driving my car, and um, there was the cat in the middle of the road, and I got out and I saved it. And, and then so many, you know, and then you have people like, well, why'd you save it? You should have ran it over. Or, man, if it was me, I would have shot it. Or, or what kind of, and then you have people like, oh, I can't believe that you would be like that. And, and so, and you just have these people going way back and forth, and it's so great. Or they're like, there was a teenager, and he was going five miles over the speed limit in our neighborhood. I can't believe we let teenagers drive and, and all this stuff. And then people just like go all at it. It's great. 
I'm like, man, this is great. If you need a show, just go go to social media. It's a beautiful thing. But it's so negative. Oh, you can't say anything anymore. And you're like, you're like, man, I'm having, a, I'm having a great day. Man, it is beautiful outside. The sun is out shining bright. The weather feels good. And somebody will put on your, on your post, oh, yeah, but, you know, I just, I just, I'm just not feeling it today. I got the sniffles, and it's just, just keeping me in. And you're like, Could you get off, get off my page. Negativity, we're, we're accustomed to it. We're conditioned to it. There's even times where I've caught myself being constantly negative, and I've thought to myself, man, I don't even like myself right now. Like, have you ever told yourself, can, can, you, can you hear yourself right now? Like, maybe, I don't know if you talk to yourself, I talk to myself, um, that might be a problem, I don't know, but um, I talk to myself some, and I'm just like, like, can you hear yourself right now? Like, I don't even like you right now. And if you don't like yourself right now, how is anybody else going to like you right now? Come on, your attitude, it creates the environment for your life. Come on, if you don't like yourself, come on, no one else is going to like you, I promise you. Are you a glass half empty kind of person or a glass half full type of person? Right? Are, are you the ones like, oh, it's just, you know, just the way it is. It's going to happen. Might as well. Or are you, or you the person that got a little bit of optimism says, you know what, hey, it's going gonna, gonna to be all right. I know, I know, I know. There's only there's only half a glass full of water, but we're gonna continue to fill this water up. We're gonna continue to fill this cup up. We're gonna see see what's gonna happen. Philippians four says this. I love it in the message version. It says summing it all up, friends. I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, and noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you've learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Come on, think on these things, right? Think on some, when you find yourself thinking negative, find some ways to switch that up and switch your attitude. Switch, is that a, was that a Kanye song? Switch your, switch your attitude. Come on. And so, anyways, sorry. That was his Christian album, okay? Um, <laughs> and so, um, anyways. Um, but change, figure out a way to switch your, switch your, your mindset, switch your attitude. Come on, we tell our kids this all the time when we, when we see them or struggling or see them kind of thinking negative for a moment, we, we try to say, hey, let's, let's switch our, our mindset. Let's, let's switch the way we've been thinking about some things. Let's, let's really just, just let's make some things positive. Let's say some positive words. Let's, not call, let's start by not calling each other names. How about that? Let's do that. If you need joy in your life, start thinking more positive. You'll look forward to the day instead of dreading it. You'll see the best in people instead of picking them apart. You'll enjoy, you'll enjoy life a whole lot more. How many of you want to enjoy life? Like, we all want to enjoy life. Like, come on, you'll enjoy life a whole lot more. And people will like you a whole lot more, too. Like, if you're like, man, I don't have any friends. Look at this, and this is probably your struggle right here. And most importantly, you'll be a source of hope to those lives around you. You'll be a source of hope. Man, I, that sounds good to me. 
That's what I want to be. I want to be people that want to be around me because, man, dude, I always feel better after I, do you, you have people in your life like that? I always feel better when I talk to them or I'm around them or they're in my life. Like, I, I'm just a better person because of them. Come on, you, you and I, we want to be that, that source of hope. The last one is this, is complacency. I would say this, this one was the other one that kind of hit home with me some. But Romans 12, 11 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Fervor means this, full of fire and passionate. Full of fire and passionate. And I, I, I last night we, uh, we were uh, coming back from eating and eating dinner and I was like, I was just, I was kind of in a, in a mood. Anybody ever been like, not, not like a bad mood. I was in a good mood. But I was like, I was like, let's, let's go back to just a little bit. You know, how many like to go back some every now and again? So we, we grew up in church. And so I was like, man, we, we need some Brownsville revival. Papa, we play some Brownsville revival in the truck. I was like, come on, kids. And so we started playing uh, Enemies Camp. You know, and I'm like, you know, Lind I don't know if you grew up in church, but a little Lyndall Cooley, you know, like, well, I went to the enemy's camp, and I, <laughs> come on, I know some of y'all know that. Let me hang it. So, like, they took back what, the, what he stole from me, right? And then, then he went, where'd you look what the Lord has done? Bow, down, 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 look what the Lord has done, down, down, right? And so, and so Corbin, he, he goes, he goes, Dad. And I turned to him, he goes, dude, I like this song, Dad. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so old and it would not work nowadays. It's like super old school. Um, but maybe if it was redone a little bit. But the way, the way they did it, it's like, whoo, okay. But I was just, I was going back, man. I was like, man, let's go. And I just remember like being, being in part of those church services and those moments and the fire and the fervor and the things that, that God was doing in those moments, man. And we just, just kind of went back. I was like, dude, this is so good. But the, the opposite of passion is apathy and indifference and complacency. The opposite of passion it's complacency, and we must fight against that in our lives. It's, it's easy to live on autopilots. Sometimes it's, in fact, convenient to live on autopilots. Sometimes we live on autopilot to protect ourselves. I know this because I've been there. It says in Proverbs, this, for the waywardness of the simple will kill them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. Complacency is simply a lack of passion. It's a whatever kind of attitude. And I was like, I know this. This is, this is me right here, the whatever attitude. Because you know what the whatever attitude does for me? It allows me to not be frustrated my whole stinking life. That was just for effect. But there's been moments and times in my life where I wasn't calling it complacency. I just didn't know what else to do. So I was just like, whatever. This sucks, whatever. That's stupid, whatever. You're dumb, whatever. <laughs> like, like, 
but I used it as a kind of like a coping mechanism so I could figure out how to go from day to day. And I find it to be a dangerous place to be. It can not only be foolish, but it's destructive. It destroys potential. Because when I, when I find myself being complacent or in a whatever type of attitude, nothing really matters. Everything matters, but it doesn't really I think it's so easy to get spiritually complacent in our lives, especially if you've walked with Jesus for some amount of time. It's easy to be complacent. Man, we read our Bible, we pray, we worship, we go to church, we give, we serve, we do all the things that we know to do. We just find ourselves just hitting that autopilot button. You know, pilots literally don't have to hardly fly a plane anymore. They just hit autopilot. I'm not even for sure, but the plane might be able to take off and land on its own. They're there, but I, I think I think it might can. They're just there to make sure nothing goes wrong. It's so easy for them. Can you imagine? Just, you know. Next time you're on a plane, you're flying 35,000 feet in the air, just have that thought of, man, a computer is flying this thing. The pilots, they might be sleeping, I don't know. They got a timer on their iPhone, right? They're like, hey, I'm gonna wake up in an hour and a half, be ready for the descent, land this thing. When I got so many tools and machines and all kinds of buttons and press that autopilot button, it's gonna be all right. Sure, it's nice to have that pilot, though, when that turbulence hits, isn't it? Have that, have that seatbelt on a little bit tighter when you, you know, you drop a couple feet, right? You ever been on a plane and everything's going good? I've been on a plane before and it was sunny outside. And literally, we dropped. We're like, woof. And like, my lunch was like, woof. Right? I was like, Ugh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, there's a little bit of turbulence. We're like, yeah, no joke. Got the fasten seatbelt sign on. It's going to be all right, but just, you know, a little bit, little bumpy all the way in. We're like, thanks. Warning would have been great. <laughs> right? More complacent. It just can destroy what God wants to do in our lives. And we can miss out on what God wants to do when we're like this. We can miss out on the blessing. We can miss out on the word or the work that God is wanting to do because of this whatever type of attitude. You and I, we won't be all that God intended us to be by being complacent. Apostle Paul calls it the good fight. The good fight of faith. Because it's a good fight. 
It's a fight worth fighting for. You ever like needed to go to bat for your kids? This week we got a phone call. Nothing, nothing really bad happened, but got a phone call from the nurse and it said, hey, your uh, son was in like an altercation. Like you hear altercation and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, say, like my type A. Come on, Brian, you know my heart. That type A, like I'm fixing to hurt a seven-year-old or a fifth grader. Like I'm praying it's a fifth grader, right? They're like, your son's in an altercation in the bathroom. He's okay. He just got like a finger mark right here in his neck where a kid was squeezing his neck. If you know Corbin, Corbin, he's scrappy. And so uh, he, can, he can hold his own part but I had my, my first question was not is he okay I said I said how old was this kid she's like oh sir I'm not for sure I just you know just just the nurse just trying to you know that kid's in the principal's office right now I was like it's right because if he's not I'll see him after school <laughs> and so but there's moments where you got to go to bat for your kid it it, 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 it in, this, in your spirit life and in your in your in your walk with the Lord, it, it's a good fight to fight. And there's gonna be moments where you gotta stand up for yourself. There's moments where you gotta stand up for your family. There's sometimes where you you gotta say, I can't be complacent anymore. I can't blame others. I, I can't live in fear any longer. But I gotta move forward. I gotta trust in God. I gotta know He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ever ask or think. And all things work to the good of those that love Him. God's got a plan and a purpose for me. I, I know He's got it. I know He can do it. If He did it before, He can do it again. Come on, I got. I just gotta go to the enemy's camp. I. Got I gotta go. I gotta go take back what he stole from me. The the, the self confidence, the insecurities, the anxiety that I have now. I gotta. I'm gonna lay him at the feet of Jesus and go take back the enemy stole, so I can begin to sing. Look what the Lord has done. Come on, I'm sure we all can blame some people and blame some situations in our life and our past that have happened. I'm sure that you're sitting here this morning and you're, you maybe are probably a person of faith, but there's still some fears on the inside of you. I want you to know it's okay. Come on, there. You, you might be sitting here today and you might be battling some pride or some spiritual arrogance that's kind of creeped in. Or maybe you got this negative attitude that's keeping you back from all that God's got. I want you to be challenged today, not be complacent, not to sit there or to sit back, but but not just today, but when you wake up in the morning to put on and clothe yourself with humility. Clothe yourself with the word of God. Find some moment, some time that you can spend with the Lord. I'm telling you, that's what's going to change your perspective. That's what's going to, to wash your mind is, is being spending some time with the Lord. It's something that I've put into practice and I drop the kids off and I come back home and I read the word and I got some worship and I got a book that I'm reading right now. Just trying to fill my spirit with things other than this world. Because the things of this world are going to leave you dry and leave you empty. They're going to leave you hurting. They're going to leave you wanting more. I'm telling you, we need the Lord. I want you to know that you don't have to barely survive this year. 
It's January. It's the beginning of the year. I believe it's a word for somebody that you don't have to barely survive this year, but I believe that God wants to see you and see us thrive this year. I'm believing it. I'm believing it for, for me. I'm believing it for you. That we just don't have to survive. But this would be a year when we look back and say, man, look what the Lord has done. I believe the best is yet to come. Life can get better. It will get better. First Corinthians says, he will keep you strong to the end. Keep you strong to the end. Come on, if you're still breathing, God's still got purpose in you. He's still got plans for you. You don't have to do it alone. The goodness faithfulness of God. Surely goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. I know for me when I was preparing this message this week that a few of these that I mentioned that I told you really hit home with me and maybe they weren't the same for you but I just believe that we all at some point could say man that was really something in there really triggered my spirit or really really resonated or hit home with me I want you to know I want to pray with you today and you say Pastor Welby would you, would you pray for me that, that one of those things was would definitely hit home? It might have been more than one, and it's okay. But would you would you say that that's me? Would you raise your hand right now? Would you say that's me? Would you would you pray for me? Yeah, who else? You just raise your hand. Come on, I just want to pray for you for a moment. Yeah. Come on, you say that's me. Would you pray for me, Pastor Wilby? Yeah, who else? Yeah, Lord, you see, you see the word that that you gave me this week. God, I and you see how it's impacted my life and kind of the personal inventory I took. God, I pray, Lord, for, for your people today that, Lord, that, that things in life, and maybe it's something different, but that the things of this world, the things of this earth would not hold us back, but God, that we would continue to press forward, that we would continue to, to move forward in you, God, that this would be the fresh start that we have been looking for. God, let us, let us not fall prey to fear or to blame or being complacent, God, but, but let us move forward in you, Jesus. And God, I pray that you would address those areas in our lives. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would trust in you, Lord, that we would not fall to these things any longer, but God, that we would trust in you and know that you are with us, you're for us. And we thank you for your presence. You truly are a good God, and you have been faithful. Right now, we're going to sing part of a song we sang earlier, but it talks about the goodness of God. So I invite you to stand up with us. Would you stand up with us, and 
Would you just keep your eyes closed and maybe you want to raise your hands and sign a surrender this morning, but that you would that you would ask yourself, what is God speaking and how am I to respond? Come on, what is God speaking to you this morning and how will you respond? Let's do that this morning. Come on.